Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, this week we probably have to have this conversation in a slightly different way than uh, the past episodes, where we would pick up a theme, uh, try to understand its implication for South Africa's agriculture or Africa's agriculture or even global. But this past week, there was so much happening domestically as well as in the global space uh, to the extent that perhaps maybe we could pick up a theme on, on a domestic side and another theme about what has happened in a global space. And on a domestic front, of course, uh, we were watching what's happening between South Africa, Russia and the U.S., and its implication of that for trade. But I'll put that aside. We've written about that, and the article where I lay out my views is on my blog, which is wandilesitlobo.com, or on Business Day website, you'll be able to find there if you search uh, my name. The article should should pop up as the first one uh, for, for or under my list. But what I will talk about on the South Africa side is the agricultural jobs. Because we received uh, the jobs data this past week for the first quarter of 2023. And the numbers are encouraging, especially in an environment like South Africa, where high unemployment, much of the statistics have been gloomy. And I think it's important that we just put a little bit of a spotlight on these numbers. So what does the the labor statistics uh, show? It shows that uh, we have about 888,000 people that are working in primary agriculture or were employed in primary agriculture in the first quarter of this year. This is up 3% if you compare it with the last quarter um, of 2022. So on quarter-on-quarter basis, it's up 3%. But if you compare it with the first quarter of 2022, this is up by 5%. Now, not all of the provinces did well. Uh, this is driven mainly by robust uh, employment condition in the Western Cape, in KZN, which is KwaZulu-Natal, as well as Gauteng. Those were the provinces that were the significant drivers of this employment, while other provinces showed a mild decline if you were to look at them on a year-on-year basis. Uh, in terms of the crops to say, okay, we see these provinces, we see this employment, but what crops are really boosting this employment in South Africa's agriculture? And this is largely on field crops. By field crops, then I'm talking about maize, soybean, sunflower, seed, sugar, peanuts, all of that. So anything that is summer crops, that's the field crops, and you add sugar to that. And of course, fruits were also one of the boosting disemployment, forestry, and aquaculture. They were all behind uh, this robust employment if you were to look at what's been happening in these subsectors or commodities, and you compare the activity in them with the same period um, in about a year ago or the last quarter. While, of course, the livestock industry suffered a bit of a decline. And I think uh, those of you who have been following this podcast for a while, you will know that we've discussed the issues that are challenging South Africa's livestock industry. The primary one being the higher feed costs uh, in terms of maize and soybean prices. They've been fairly high over the past couple of years it's only really in there towards the end of last year and into this year where prices have softened but still if you were to look at where prices are now you compare with the long-term trend like five years or even 2019 levels we're still fairly above those levels so that has been putting pressure on the livestock and the poultry industry but the second issue has been the animal diseases 
Uh, and for the cattle industry, the foot and mouth disease has been a major challenge. In fact, in about six of our nine provinces for the first time uh, last year, we had this outbreak. And of course, that had a financial strain on farmers as we couldn't export to some of the markets. Um, and of course, there were uh, a lot of auctions that were stopped for particular periods. All of these things influenced the financial conditions of the farmers. And I think it influenced then their ability to hire people, which is why we saw a bit of a decline in employment conditions in the livestock industries. And of course, if you think about the field crops and the fruits to say, what is it? What made those sectors to do fairly well? We all know that uh, good rainfalls were part and parcel of that. But of course, these farmers also had to work in a smarter way because they also experience higher input costs in terms of fertilizer, agrochemicals and fuel. And these are all things that we import as South Africa and their rent dollar exchange uh, weaknesses weighed on that. And of course, even in the international markets, these prices were, were higher, especially when the farmers were planting last year. It's only now, again, where fertilizer prices have, sub, have declined substantively. Um, and the same thing with agrochemicals and everything else. But the input costs were there. But I think the favorable rainfall and the higher yields still enabled uh, these farmers to gain more financially and be able to keep the people employed and cover their costs. So that's what has boosted that employment condition is the prospects of a good harvest is favorable agricultural condition. And this prospect of good harvest is clear if you look at some of the statistics. Take, for example, maize. We have the third largest maize harvest this year, up 3% from the 2022, from the 2021, 22 season. Um, the same thing with the sugarcane crop. It's up 3% on a year-on-year basis, uh, estimated at about 18.5 million tons. If you look at soybean, record harvest, 2.8 million tons. And you look at various fruits, we also see the numbers looking well. And that is what has supported the employment, financial conditions, which is why we're even uh, more positive about the gross value added um, uh, performance of the sector this year. So that's the positive statistics in South Africa this past week, which I thought it's important to, to put a spotlight on. But now let me transition and look at the global market to say this past week, what was happening? And of course, a lot of things were happening, but I think the most um, important one for me that I would like to highlight is the issue of the Black Sea grain deal. Uh, there is this grain deal um, uh, in the Black Sea, which was facilitated by the United Nations representatives, Turkish government, Russia and Ukraine. Since the war started around about July 2022, the UN and Turkish government uh, intervened to ensure that Ukraine can still export grain without the Russians attacking their ship. And this was facilitated and done in the form of a, of, a, of a Black Sea grain deal. Of course, I'm simplifying issues here, but that's what basically at a high level the grain deal is about. It's about ensuring that the shipments can go without being shot by the Russian missile out of Ukraine and stuff. So that grain deal has been extended for shorter periods of times in several over the past few months. And it was due to expire this past week. And Russia was a bit reluctant on actually signing it. And on the last minute, around about evening Wednesday, they ended up signing the grain deal. So for me, that's a positive. It's now extended for two more months that we could see exports out of Ukraine, export out of Russia. And of course, it's been a success because Ukraine, since the war started, has exported over 25 million tons of grains and vegetable oil as this is a country that is important in global grains and vegetable oil markets. So those exports have actually increased the flow of products in the market. And I think that they've contributed to the decline 
in the global grain prices. As we see, for example, if you look at the FAO's uh, global food price index, it was uh, in July, uh, if you compare it with the numbers we have in April 2023 with July 2022, in April, it was at about 127 points, which is 9% lower than it was in July 2022, which is when the grain deal was extended. And of course, 20% lower on a year-on-year basis. So you could make the argument that that grain deal has been positive for lowering uh, uh, for contributing to the decline uh, in global food prices. And that, that that's, that's the view I hold as well, which is why I'm so eager and watching what will happen with the grain deal, because any glitches in there will impact the grain and the vegetable oil prices. And of course, that presents all kinds of risks. But I want to make the point that also Russia stands to benefit from this grain deal, because if you look at how much grain that Russia exports, um, on average, they export about 35 million tons of wheat uh, a year. And of course, its largest market includes the likes of Turkey, Egypt, Kazakhstan, Nigeria, Bangladesh, Sudan, Latvia, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, um, and Cameroon and Israel. Those are the historical markets uh, uh, that Russia has is, is exported to over the past few few years. If you look at what Russia has now in its bunkers, um, it seems that the country still have large supplies of grain, about um, 44 million tons of wheat that needs to be exported in the 2022-23 marketing year. But of course, if you look at the supplies that are for the 2023-24 marketing year, it's about 42 million tons or so that needs to be exported out of Russia. Now, protecting the grain deal and the roots of exports of grains out of the Black Sea, I do think that, yes, it's protecting Ukraine not to be bombed by Russia, but also it provides some level of security, I think, for Russian ships. So this is on much best interest for Russia as it is to an extent for Ukraine to see the exports out of the Black Sea happening. But I think overall, this is a positive for food security. I would have liked to see, though, the grain deal being extended for a much more longer period than the two months that we're seeing now, which means that after a few weeks, these countries have to sit back again on a table and talk about extending this grain deal again. But overall, those are the two positive, at least, stories I wanted to lift in the world. There's so much um, other things happening in agriculture and in economy general and some gloomy stories, but I thought those were positive, which is the jobs issue and better agricultural conditions in South Africa and the grain deal and its positive implication for food in global food inflation um, on the global space. So that's it for, for this week. Uh, I will come back in the following week with whatever that will be topical and useful and try to digest and see its implication for our agriculture and their food um, uh, security in general. Thank you so very much for listening uh, to me. And you can read, of course, as always, uh, some of the things that I write in my blog, which is www.wandilessichlobo.com or in the website of the organization that I work for, which is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, agbiz.co.za. That's where you can find some of these things. My name is Wandi Lesi I'm an agricultural economist uh, based in Pretoria. Thank you for listening.